My name's Brian, and today is Monday, September 18th, 2023, and this is episode 523 of the Lots Project podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled, It Wasn't Even Close, How We Changed Our Rig, and today I'll be chatting about all the changes we made to our travel trailer after we bought it, and we'll see if we can make it through this list, because it is, uh, it's a quite long one, so it might end up being uh, stretched out into more than one show. Really depends on how deep I dive into the projects we did. But let's first grab that cup of coffee, catch up what's going on with everyone over the weekend, with us, with uh, anybody in the live chat, and then we'll dive into that topic in a little bit. So how was everybody's weekend? Good morning, Kyle. How we doing? Hanging out there already uh, right at 6 o'clock. Nice, nicely done. Did you, uh, did you have an alarm set this morning? Ah, what's in the cup? finished up the silver bullet blend over the weekend and uh, moved on to some light Ethiopian and man, it is, uh, it's really good. It's, I, I can't, I can't ever, I don't think I've opened a bag of beans from, uh, from food forest farms and said, Oh man, this is bad. <laughs> I really, I really, once I, once I started drinking it, I don't think I've had a disappointing, a disappointing uh, French press of coffee since i uh since i switched so mm, i will keep rolling with it keep rolling with it the ethiopian for sure uh one thing did happen over the weekend we sold out of six pack uh, six pounds and an ounce we are uh, we are all sold out of those and along with that comes the availability of the silver bullet blend now on the food forest farms website um <laughs> it's uh it's now available on uh, foodforestfarms.com. If you go to the Lots Project, um, if you hit the the drop down menu, I say I believe it's uh, General Store is uh, is the tab. I would have to go look, but uh, you drop down the the menu all the way on the left, and you'll see the Lots Project. Click on it; it will have our uh, our normal blends, our five um, our five standard blends that we sell routinely. And then this especially uh, micro batch uh, silver bullet blend, and then also some dried dried comfrey listing there too, if you would want to pick up some dried comfrey. Doesn't really go with the coffee chat, but uh, you know, you know, it's there, it's there. So silver bullet blend now available straight from the website. It was only available in the six pack and a pound, or if you knew Brian and uh, he slipped some into your C4 order. So check that out. If you've uh, been wondering what it tastes like, you've heard me talking about it here for uh, quite a while now, that silver bullet blend is, uh, is really good. It's really good. So check it out. Check it out. You can also go to the perfect cup dot shop. I re resurrected that resurrected that domain from, uh, from the the perfect cup morning segment that we did daily question that we did uh for a while there i had the perfect cup dot shop domain and now it's forwarding right over to my shop at food forest farm so the perfect cup dot shop you can uh, you can type that in you'll end up right where you need to be ah what did we do this weekend so i talked to you on friday morning after after we chatted on Friday, I got some stuff done, and then I headed out to um, Toolman Tim's property here in Tennessee, Delinquents Gully. Uh, Tim has actually, it's been about a while. I haven't been out there as much as I wanted over the summer. It was um, it was quite busy with our stuff we had going on. The weather was not very conducive to being out on raw property where you couldn't, um, I had to haul all my water there. Um a couple of different other things. Um, no cell, no cell signal with the extreme heat and humidity and um, some issues that we were having with the truck. A lot of, a lot of things stacked against me that I didn't really make it out there as much as I wanted. But Tim, Tim and uh, Tim and Becky picked up a third five acre property right there with their, they had 10. Uh, they picked up another, another one right next to it. And so I wanted to get out there and really see what was going on with that. Cause you add on uh, 33% of the total there, you add on another five acres, it, it significantly changes kind of what you, what you plan. 
um, when he had the first two properties, we were going to be looking at some interesting access issues. Um, the way the water ran down the road, it's an old, it's uh, or well, it's not old, it's brand new easement road that they, they cut in down the, down the track of properties that they, they split up. Um, and what happened was there's a hill right before his property and the water would run down the hill of the easement road and then wash out into right in front of his property. And as I stood there and and really evaluated whether I wanted to drive over that, um, it was very soft. It was like the washout from everything. And I wasn't sure. I was I, I was guessing that even if we use that, we were going to end up having to put um, put a uh, sluice in there, put a sluice pipe um, just to drain, let the water drain as it, as it rained heavy. Got out there right after a rainstorm and watched the water run right where I was thinking it was going to. So we were going to have to do some significant work to get um, vehicle access to the property there. But as I, as I was looking at the, the map, when he told me he bought the other one, the other parcel, and I was picturing walking down there kind of when we were scoping out what he did have, I was like, I think this might be good. I think it, it might have helped a lot. So I wanted to get out there and rock, walk the whole thing. I, I ended up walking to all four corners of the new lot and then down the new border property that um, is now established since he bought the, the, the next lot over. And um, man, I think it solved, it solved some issues. I really, I really, I was, I was in touch with Tim this weekend and I think it, um, I think it solved some issues for his access. It's um it's really cool. I think I think uh, the plan will change significantly as we explore a little bit more on there. I'm glad we didn't go too far into what we were doing. It will all tie in. I think all the work that we did will tie in nicely, and uh, it'll just be one big large system on the property. But yeah, it it changed for sure. Um, things are growing great out there. Comfrey is still there. It's established. It's uh it's pretty dry up on that hill. So. Um, it's it's struggling, but it's still there. It's still it's still viable at this point. Still have a few uh, really decent looking plants out of the stuff that I planted. So I'm excited to let that go and see how it does just on its own. I haven't watered it or anything since the day I put it in the ground. So when uh, when spring comes and we see how that is uh, how is that's coming in, it'll be really nice. It'll be interesting to um, then propagate it right there and actually possibly prepare some soil or put it in some places that uh, make more sense instead of uh, just dropping it and seeing what will happen. Um, <laughs> uh, then uh, I also found some some pretty cool berries. I uh, found a big stand of pokeberries in several sections of the property and then found a bunch of beauty berries, uh, which I had never seen before and um, was able to look those up. I talked to um, talked to Carrie Brown. I said, hey, Carrie, what are these uh, what are these berries out here? They look pretty they look pretty appetizing, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they are. And uh while I was waiting, I, I did myself a favor and just looked them up myself. And uh, Carrie got back to me, said I was spot on. There were beauty berries, and which is cool because they bring in they bring in wildlife. And while I was there, I actually kicked up uh, two different beds of deer on the on the fifteen acres. So that's uh, that's a good sign, and plenty of other wildlife around. So quality property Tim picked up for sure. Uh, MSU Rifle says, uh, guess everything with Tim is good. His last pre-recorded podcast of his 36 day road trip was available this morning. Yeah, Tim, uh, Tim's doing good. He is on the road down to this area. I think, yeah, I think he's on a 36 or 39. It might end up being day road trip. Crazy long. Um, he was up in Illinois at two chicks homestead this weekend. They had a meetup up there and then he is scheduled to be down here, I believe next week. Uh, for a week and then he's taking off and then he's coming back to SRF. So I think we're going to get a little time out on the property to work on some things and uh, really solidify, solidify that uh, this is the end. This is the, this is the total. So we can get a look at it and get it all planned out, get some work on it. But um, 
Workday with property still is uh, I, it's still in the works. It's uh, it's it's up in the air what we're going to get done. It's really uh, dependent on what Tim and I end up getting done when he's here and uh, the direction we want to take it. Because this uh, this new little addition kind of changes everything. So we will see. We'll see. If nothing else, we'll get together and uh, and meet everyone and, and hang out for a while. But um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be plenty of work to do. Morning, Joe. Good morning, MSU Rifle and Mike, the Philippine Nomad, stopping in. Thanks for stopping in uh, and joining me here on this Monday morning. I'm still feeling a little under the weather. It's been back and forth. It's um, it's a very odd thing. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It might be seasonal allergies. Who knows? I I am not sure. It sucks, whatever it is. It does. Um, right when I feel better, I will. Uh, it'll. I'll hit a wall, and then I'll feel better a little bit. It's. Um, it's very interesting for sure. Really interesting. Uh, Backwoods Butcher says Joe just posted a really good lamb processing video. So you're gonna want to check out Blakesley Acres on YouTube. Uh, Backwoods Butcher also on YouTube. If you're looking to cut up meat and uh and learn how to do it these guys put up some fantastic butchering videos and you should check them both out and definitely subscribe good morning Car cormac how we doing sorry i uh sorry i dipped on you yesterday i was um woke up uh in the morning i was supposed to do a uh interview record with with cormac uh for my show and man i uh <laughs> i went to talk to Corey, and i was like oh my god i'm not i can't talk for an hour straight um, and so I was, uh, he was nice enough to reschedule with me so I could just kind of not talk yesterday. And, uh, I think it helped. I think it got me through, it's going to get me through this morning, hopefully through this week. Monday is a tough day with uh, double interviews. So we will see, we will see, but I appreciate you, uh, rescheduling Cormac. We will, uh, we'll get you on for sure. And, uh, and let everybody know all about your stuff going on. Um, yeah, other than that, I think, uh, Saturday. It was a Saturday we went to River Day. Saturday, uh, we had the town festival here. It was uh, Saltillo River Day, uh, basically celebrating the spot on the Tennessee River that Saltillo sits and uh, the community. It was a little community festival, and it was a uh, decent size. Decent size. Corey and I headed down. We saw that there was a food truck that had um, uh, supposedly some New York style pizza. And we like, well, we can head on down to the the River Day and and check it out, check out what's going on. They had music and all sorts of vendors and activities, and we were interested in some pizza. Didn't see the pizza guy. Uh, drove around, and we ended up getting um, getting lunch. And on the way out of town, he had set up after after the fact. So we swung in, got a menu, and uh, got his location that he is is normally. And we're going to go check that out at some point and see what's going on. And that also got another lead from um, Sean Mills from Hack My Homestead of a place in Nashville that uh, <coughs> that is uh, supposedly a 1920s Italian style New York City, New York City Italian um, little restaurant and uh, pizzeria type place. So have to check that out. Check that out if we get to the Nashville area. But. Hopefully this, um, <laughs> hopefully this uh, pizza place here close is is good because it's only about 10 miles, 10, 15 miles from us. And uh, that would be good. That would be good if we could find it close. And Kyle says the constant search for pizza. Yeah, always, always, man. Um, I don't know. I think it, uh, I think Corey and I have really, really come to the conclusion that it's probably the sauce here. <sighs> I can get I can get by with a little thicker crust, but uh, man, the sauce here is just super sweet. I don't know what it is. It, it might just be a regional thing, but uh, really like that a, a stringent, greasy um, tomato bite of a tomato of a pizza sauce. So I don't know what the what the deal with the sugary sweet um, pizza sauce in Tennessee is. I don't know. I don't know. Seems to be pretty consistent along most of the places that we we get it. That's not uh, that's not a chain like uh, Pizza Hut or Domino's, which we refuse to. We refuse to get that anymore. Every once in a while, every six six to six months, every year or so, we'll be like, oh, let's uh, let's see, maybe Pizza Hut got better. It didn't. It usually just gets worse. So. Anyway, that's kind of what our weekend was up to. We're at 15 minutes here. I'm going to. Um... <laughs> 
backwards says i'm not here i'm not gonna be happy with the pizza there well if i come to see you i can actually go through a region that has really good pizza and get my uh, get my fill on the way through kyle anyway we're at quarter after let's get to that topic of the day for a monday and uh move move on but first before we get to that i'd like to talk to you about um a way that you can help support the lots project and get yourself outside or make a little extra money it's a threefer um, have you ever heard about Hip Camp? It is your ticket to discovering amazing, unique outdoor experiences with over 300,000 campsites, ranches, vineyards, public parks, parks, and more. It's the ultimate platform for finding your next camping adventure. But that's not all. Have you ever thought of sharing a slice of your paradise with others? Hip Camps allows other uh, Hip Camp also allows landowners to list their property as a potential camping spot earning them extra income while helping campers connect with nature. It's a win-win. I'm here to help both campers and hosts make the most out of Hip Camp. As a consultant, I can guide campers to the best spots tailored to their preference and assist hosts in creating appealing listings that attract more campers. Join the community of nature lovers today at Hip Camp, where adventure waits and memories are made. For consulting services or to sign up directly, check the show notes for the links. Let's make the great outdoors even greater together. Guys, you can sign up for uh, sign up for Hip Camp if you want to go at your own. Uh, there is a link down there that will get you $10 off your first stay as a camper. And it will also kick me $10 to stay on Hip Camp. It's uh, it's called Hip Cash, and it goes against any sites we stay at. So it's basically giving us free rent, which is awesome. And then if you want to put a, a camp on your property, and after you get your first campers staying with you, you will get $100 back from Hip Camp, and so will I. So definitely advantageous for you and I to use that link. And then, like I said, there's consulting down there. If you're not sure if Hip Camp's right for you as a landowner, let me uh, let me talk to you for 30 minutes for free, and we will see what's going on. And as a camper, I can offer some uh, some great advice, experience, and uh, even plan a trip for you if you want. If you want, let me uh, let me know where you want to go, and I will find some cool places for you to stay. Check it out in the video and the audio notes. I appreciate it. And now let's get to not even close. How we changed our rig. Um, man, let's go back. Let's go back to when Corey and I decided we want to do this. Um, kind of our thought process was what we wanted to do. We wanted to, um, uh, we wanted to be able to boondock was our main goal. Um, if you remember how this all started, we wanted to leave Minnesota because of the weather. We wanted to buy some raw land somewhere and uh, and start again and really, really thoughtfully go through and design something that works for us. We had purchased a farm that had already been a farm. It was an old farm for a long time. It was kind of um, set up the way it was set up. It would have been a lot of money at expense to change a lot of stuff. And we didn't like the weather. The weather was the main contributing factor. But we um, we decided we wanted to buy some land and start again, do it the way we think it needed to be done, um, do it hopefully the majority off grid, and just make our way that way from the beginning. Uh, when we when we kind of worked through that plan and realized that we were going to need to be able to stay somewhere when we when we arrived at our new property, um, we it dawned on us that man we should just retrofit a camper uh that will get us to the property it will give us some place to stay um while we're <laughs> while we're building while we're getting established things things like that uh what that was going to take is basically a trailer that could boondock um if you don't know what boondocking is basically no utilities, no hookups, kind of, um, I like think about driving out into a public national forest or a public, uh, a public land and just parking and, and staying there. That's what we wanted to do. That's what we wanted to do. So we're going to need to be able to provide our own power. We were going to need to be able to provide our own water. We were going to be able to provide, um, heat and all the necessities, um, 
have storage for poop and uh, and waste and things like that. And so we started looking around at travel trailers. We started looking uh, at newer travel trailers. Um, and then we looked at our budget and went, okay, that's not going to happen. Um, we, we continued to look at them. We started to decide more of the things that we were interested in. And in the end, we, we really realized that no matter what we bought, everything we saw was going to need to be changed in some way or the other. Um, significant thing and um, just comfort thing. Support things needed to be changed. So that really weighed into the fact that we were we were looking at buying a little older, little less expensive RV and then doing a lot of work to it, putting a significant amount of money into it. I think we put about as much money into it as we paid for it. <clears throat> so what we did, we ended up buying a 32-foot pull-behind travel trailer um, and it was at the time, uh, that was about five years old at the time, six years old, I think. Um, it's, it's significantly older now, uh, but anyway, we got it in the driveway and we started planning. And so we, when we got it, we looked at it and said, all of this furniture, all of these things are kind of useless for our needs. Um, the first thing we did when we got it in the driveway is we walked in and we started tearing things out. Like literally the first thing we did is we took the microwave out and we took the TV mount out. We didn't even have a microwave in our, in our farmhouse. We hadn't had a microwave since we lived in, uh, lived in the suburbs. Uh, so the microwave we didn't need. And when you're looking at powering things off of solar and not plugging in anywhere, um, microwave just doesn't fit in the fit in the plans man that's a lot of power for uh for what it is it also is a lot of space and uh and weight so we, we ripped out the microwave we ripped out the the tv mount we don't watch tv uh basically the screen uh well we just got a new 20 i think a 22 inch screen we upgraded way uh upgraded to a 22 inch screen but um man the tv mount, mount went out no more microwave we started looking around at the furniture in here and and realized it really just didn't work. It didn't make sense for us. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen. So we bought a Palomino Puma. One of the things in the Puma, um, one of the features they had was this thing called the the Puma Den. is uh, is basically was an outdoor access door, outside access door. Um, and the way it was set up is in the back of the trailer there was this big bunk. Um, kind of uh, bunk bed but underneath was all a dresser and a little cubby hole for a tv and this and that a ladder that went up to the bed on top well underneath half of the bed there was an access from the outside and it was supposedly like a garage i think you could probably fit um maybe a folding chair or two side to side in this thing and it was like a long skinny uh pocket well, we poked around a little bit and we realized that if we took out this bunk bed and all this dresser stuff, um, basically that door uh, would access the inside and that whole back room would become way big and open and with this huge door to the outside. And so we ripped that out. We ripped out the the bunk bed, the, the, the dresser and storage. Uh, there was a bunk bed in the slide in the back that we pulled out and a couch underneath, pulled it out basically made the back bunkhouse in the in our trailer was it was completely empty um from there we came up into the kitchen we tore out the the dinette and the couch that was in here uh the, the had the standard camper um u seating around a table and then a couch both facing the kitchen both facing away from the windows we we're like okay well first of all we don't use a kitchen table like that and we wanted to get our own furniture we ripped it all out ripped out all the stuff the only thing that we left in the main room was the kitchen cabinets and the kitchen counter we ripped out the big standing um standing storage closet that the the original power supply was in uh the original um the original um 
breaker panel, you would call it, I guess, power center. Um, ripped that all out and also ripped out the um, queen size bed in the front. It had your standard camper. When you walk into the bedroom, facing the front of the trailer, the bed was looking with you. It went front to back in the room um, and you can't walk through. Uh, if you've been in a camper, I think you've, you've probably experienced this. Uh, when the bed's out, you can't walk through. I guess now they're making them so they kind of like scrunch up a little bit when you're not sleeping in them. But anyway, um, Corey and I, we, we sleep in separate rooms. And so she was going to take the back. I was going to take the front. Easy enough. I fit across the trailer. If I pulled the box for the bed, if you've ever been, if you ever had a trailer, tra Trevor trailer, bed ever been one, you can lift up the lift up the bed mattress and it's like storage underneath. It's just a box on the floor. Rip that out. Turn the bed into a, uh, a side to side instead of a front to back oriented bed which opened up the floor a little bit. So first thing we did, we tore out all, pretty much all the furniture that was in here, the beds, uh, the built-in cabinets, and a lot of the storage. And we decided to start from zero and figure out how we wanted to do it ourselves. Um, one of the things we did is, um, <laughs> the things we did was put in a lot of um, wire shelving, uh, and limited limited the storage capacity because, uh, you know, hey, guys, back. Um, so we, we realized that um, if with the cabinets that we left in here, with some wire shelving, with, um, with, um, with limited amount of weight that we were able to carry, we would be able to fit everything in. And it, it's worked out that way. Uh, it, it, it does, it limited us. It keeps us conscious of how much we can carry um, with the limited amount of storage. So basically we stripped everything out and started from there. Uh, the next thing we did, we installed a new uh, bathroom fan, bathroom vent, um, and not just for the bathroom, not just because it, it not for smell control or, or things like that. It actually significantly changes the airflow in um, airflow in the camper. Uh, the original bathroom fan, if you've seen them, was basically a little computer fan with a little plastic um, little plastic fan. Yeah, it, it was it wasn't about to move a lot of air. Basically, enough to keep you from um, keep you from choking out when you're in there if uh, you had the door shut and everything. Uh, we did a little research. We found people really, really like the Max Fan is is what it's called. Basically, it's a way bigger variable spe variable speed motor with a different style fan blade on it that that moves a significant amount of air. Another great feature about it is automated up and down on the the roof vent, um, and it also is reversible, so it will blow it will blow the air out but also suck in the air. So if it's cool outside, it's warm in here, we can have air um, funneling in from the outside. It was a game changer when we put it in. MaxFan uh, has made it, so it's a direct replacement. So if you have a, a vent fan in your bathroom, basically you take it out and the step-by-step -step instructions to install this fan uh, were pretty simple, straightforward. And I think anybody could probably do it using the instructions and a few simple tools. Uh, good morning, Pip. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for stopping in. Uh, so I installed the Max Fan. Night and day difference in the air in the airflow in the camper. It was uh, it was fantastic. So it worked uh, it worked flawlessly. Now for three ish years, basically the motor. Um, when I opened it up, I think it got all gummed up with with dust and crap and pollen and who knows what. Because I hadn't taken apart the actual motor to uh, clean it out. But the motor kind of took a dump. Replacement motor, easy, plug and play, switched it out, and it's back to awesome and uh, working great. So MaxFan, I definitely suggest them if you're retrofitting a camper and, and you want some more airflow in there. If you walk in, you're like, man, it's still. And I think a lot of newer campers actually come with that style fan in them we're actually considering i don't think you can see it right here above my head there's another um skylight that uh basically we have insulation shoved in all the time because it's useless you can't see through it and um it's yeah <laughs> it's a lot of heat uh heat transfer through that thing 
we've actually considered getting another one to put in there but the hole is bigger so i have to, would have to retrofit quite a bit more but it would be worth doing i think um if we want to dump the money into another fan and uh, make sure we can seal that up when uh, i put it in because it is a different size um kyle says where did we put the stripper pole we didn't put a stripper pole in the camper um yet maybe the next retrofit uh so we got that bathroom fan in the next we installed a solar system uh basically i figured out the the space i had for solar panels on the roof i figured out um kind of our power needs on a bare minimum and a little bit above that I started looking into getting a solar system for myself, and I went, man, this is going to take forever. <laughs> One of those days. Uh, we walked through the system and uh, kind of troubleshot it. We went a bunch of different ways, a, bu a bunch of different options, and finally settled on what we needed. And I ordered all the parts. I installed it all myself. We have... Um, we have 302 amp hours of 24 volt batteries, uh, lithium batteries. We have four 330 watt solar panels on the top. Uh, we got an inverter charge controller um, and a custom built um, electrical panel that uh, we just ordered in a stock empty cabinet. And he wrote me out a schematic. We ordered all the components and wire and uh, I installed everything. So that was pretty cool. It was a really, it was probably the biggest project I've ever, um, I ever did, I would say. Um, going from the beginning to the end, uh, as far as all the planning, design, uh, ordering, cost, and then I would say the physical labor to install everything. I think it all it all added up. It's probably the largest project I ever put in and completed. It's uh it's a pretty cool system. I it, it has some it has some quirks. It is definitely a one of a kind. It was not a stock off the shelf uh, system. It was uh, designed, it was uh, changed, it was retrofitted for, uh, for some issues we ran into. So man, it was definitely, it was definitely, um, it was definitely uh, an adventure for sure. Uh, Hunter asked, do we have fire control for the RV? We have um, fire extinguishers, <laughs> fire extinguishers. That's, uh, that's about what we have. Um, man, I don't have the water capacity to, to do water. Uh, but yes, fire extinguishers is, is where we're at with that. <coughs> um, so we got solar system in that's working great. Uh, another thing that we wanted to be able to do is get rid of, um, the black tank, get rid of the trying to find someplace to dump our poo, dump all that nastiness, having to deal with, um, having to deal with the black tank was nothing that I wanted to deal with. Uh, I had been familiar with composting toilets, with composting and things like that. We looked into it and man, we, we were sold from the beginning. And so we, we, we took the, took the plunge. We spent like $1,200, I think total and bought a airhead, airhead uh, composting toilet basically made for RVs and uh, ships. And so we ships boats, travel cabin boats, I guess. Um, we installed it in the bathroom and the more we use it, the more we go back and forth to indoor plumbing when we had to move it back into the house for winter in Minnesota or we're traveling around. Uh, man, I'm sold. I, I love the composting toilet compared to uh, indoor plumbing. I, I don't think I could ever see myself going back, um, going back to uh, indoor plumbing. Even if we settled down and built a house, I would, I would say we would probably stick with composting. I really like it. I think it's better for um, it's better for the environment. I think it's better for you. You can, you can let it sit and, and reclaim, um, reclaim compost after it, after it sits and, uh, and kind of mellows out and gets rid of all the, the nasties. And then you can use it on uh, fruit trees or bushes or whatever you want. Um, and it saves a ton of water. 
I think the biggest thing was the water when we started looking into it. Probably a tie between dealing with the black tank and wasting all the water. If you really look at your toilet and see how much water it wastes, uh, that was a huge thing for us because we were going to have to call or um, we're going to have to hold all our water. Uh, if we wanted to go out and stay in the desert or stay in the mountains where we didn't have access to water for any length of time, we were going to have to bring it all with us. Um, and that's something we retrofitted in the truck. I don't have it on this list here, but we did install a transfer tank in our truck so that we could go and get water and bring it back. Um, we didn't want to have to be doing that just to flush the toilet. So we went with the composting toilet, basically sealed off the entrance from to our black tank, um, covered the floor there and installed the composting toilet right where the old traditional toilet went. And it, um, it works great. It works great. We, we were initially changing it every couple of weeks. Um, not really on a schedule. We were watching it and uh, keeping an eye on when it was when it needed to be changed. Uh, that got a little, get a little wonky. We started doing it on a schedule and we actually recently just, uh, shortened that, that time period. And I think we changed it for the two of us every 10 to 12 days. So not too bad, not too bad. That can go right in the garbage. Or like I said, you can save that, uh, save that up and let it sit and, uh, let all the bacteria or uh, all the, all the, um, yeah, I lost the word for it. Uh, it'll all die away. It'll all die away. Um, pathogens, pathogens, that's what it is. Get uh, get rid of all those pathogens and then you can use it in your soil. So um, composting toilet is, uh, is fantastic. We really like that. Uh, another thing we were concerned about was um, fuel. Uh, we had the, the propane furnace that came with the, the camper. Uh, running the propane furnace requires extra propane tanks. Uh, we use propane for everything in the camper. We use it for the fridge. We use it for hot water. And at that point, we were going to be using it for heat. I can heat hot water if I go get um, if I go get some wood and boil a pot of water. Um, I can I can get rid of the food if I need to, and especially if it's cold and I need refrigeration, I can figure that out outside. If I ran out of propane and I can't, and it's cold, I need something to be able to hit, uh, to, I need to be able to, uh, heat the camper, uh, on stuff that hopefully I can scrounge up. Uh, we looked into a bunch of options and settled on a cubic mini wood stove, uh, basically it's a, it's a tiny wood stove. It's a mini wood stove. It, it works great. Uh, it takes six inch, um, six inch, uh, chunks of wood. It's, um, yeah, it's small. It's small stuff. It, uh, it heats up well. It drafts real well. It, uh, you light it, it, it kicks off really well. We got ourselves one of the eco fans that you can see that sits on top of a wood stove. And just from the heat, uh, it will it will spin the fan and kind of uh, circulates the heat in the camper. And it does a good job. It does a good job. I mean, campers aren't known for the best insulation. Uh, they're not known for the best uh, climate control. And this little this little wood stove that's uh, I think it's a foot. I think 13 inches by 13 inches by 14 inches is what the actual measurements are of the stove. But uh, man, it's, it's small, it's tiny and it, uh, it mounts on the wall. It's um, I think we made it through Texas winter, which you're like, Texas winter, woo big deal. Uh, we had a couple days, we had a week there that was pretty cold uh, and a couple days that didn't get above freezing where we had to drain our water out of the camper and the wood stove was able to keep it, um, let's say comfortable in here. You can throw some extra clothes on, you can throw an extra hoodie on, uh, things like that. And for those temperatures, we didn't insulate the bottom of the camper. We didn't do anything extra. We just ran the wood stove full blast and it, uh, it kept up for us. We were, we were excited about how it worked. We were comfortable enough with it that we decided to move north this winter a little bit for uh, to try out winter in Tennessee. 
we'll see how it goes. We are taking some different uh, to some different precautions this year. We're actually going to put some skirting around the camper to uh, to save on some of that cold air draft underneath and um, and some other things and a lot more wood supply. But um, I think we'll be all right. I think we'll be all right with the wood stove. And if we're not, we still do have the uh, the propane or the propane furnace backup. And that's kind of how we rolled with it um, when it got really cold. One thing about the Cubic Mini is you can't load it up with tons and tons of wood to last overnight where you can let it burn out and then stoke it in the morning. It does burn out fairly quickly, so it is a uh, it is a labor of love staying warm and having it warm in the morning because it will burn out in a couple hours and uh, it cools off pretty quick in here once that thing stops cooking. But uh, if you have plenty of wood and you don't mind getting up and stoking it throughout the night, um, <coughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, Backwoods says, come by, come try New Hampshire winter next year. Yeah, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. I, uh, I left Minnesota and I don't plan on going much, uh, much more, much North of where we are right now for sure. And, uh, this might be a little too far North. That's, uh, really why we went mobile. Um, so the wood stove was nice. So right now we're, we've been talking, I, uh, we, we tore out pretty much all the furniture in here, started retrofitting that. We installed the bathroom vent fan, the max fan. We uh, installed a solar system for uh, for power. And I didn't mention it there, but that that ended up being actually a hybrid of um, the, the the trailer power. I didn't rewire the whole trailer. Uh, I used the current wiring and the current electrical system and tied into it. Uh, that's one of the wonky things that uh, that happened with it. But it saved a ton of money not having to rewire the whole camper. Uh, we talked about putting the composting toilet in and the wood stove. Uh, a couple other things I want to hit on before we're done here, but uh, we installed uh, internet. Uh, originally, the internet we went with uh, probably wouldn't be allowing me to do this right now. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe in this location. Uh, but we went with, and this is prior to Starlink being available, um, we do have Starlink right now, and it works well. Um, <laughs> works well uh, if we have clearing to get the signal, and we're in the right spot. So that's that. It works better than what we had. Uh, what we originally went with actually is a um, cellular router. Cellular router internet. Yeah, basically, we got a data card from our cell phone plan and I bought a router and the card went in the router. The router had uh, a high powered antenna, I guess you would call it. It, uh, it. it does pull a lot more signal than your cell phone. Uh, you can stand here with your cell phone and have one bar and the Internet works well, um, better than one bar for sure. But uh, basically, depending on if you have cell service or not, and a lot of the places we wanted to go to, we, we realized that uh, it didn't have the best service. Uh, we struggled with it for a while. We installed the whole system. It's still here. It is our backup internet. Corey uses it um, when Starlink goes sideways on uh, her work days. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was good for what it was, and it was good for the time that uh, we were researching it with the available options that we had to consider. It was the best option and we went with it, got it in, constantly reevaluating, constantly deciding if what we have is what we need and figuring out if we want to change things. Definitely trying to um, plan for our next camper because this one isn't going to last forever. We understand that. And so really evaluating living in it and what we want to change and how we want to change things going forward. As we uh, went through that process with the internet, I kept an eye on Starlink. And as that be Starlink RV became available, we looked at it. I evaluated what people were saying about it and we went with it. And I'm glad we did. I don't think we would have been able to be as successful as we are without getting that um, with being able to travel to the spots we want. I think that it allowed us to um, go a lot more places where we wouldn't have been able to sit with our cellular internet. So with the two, 
it's uh it's a pretty good chance we've really scaled back the internet data plan and that was a that was a huge thing we were paying per gigabyte on that system and uh man the unlimited is not unlimited it's unlimited to a point and then it slows down that you uh you can't uh you can't do it kyle says he wants mad max themed for the next one probably not probably not we are definitely going to go smaller i know that um so that was the internet. Now, one thing that we we did change <laughs> that uh, it took a while and we weren't sure what we wanted to do and it still needs to get changed. It's not it's not right. Uh, we tried. We needed to get rid of the carpet, <laughs> the carpet and a camper. I don't get it. I don't get it. I get uh, I get the, the the insulating value. I get the your feet are warm on it. But man. When you're camping, you are out in the dirt. You are out in nature, and you're bringing it in. When you have three huge dogs, and they are uh, they are running around, they are destroying your carpet. They're puking on it or whatever, laying on it. Uh, it was bad. Uh, the carpet in here, it was old to begin with. It was four or five years old camper. Uh, I don't know what the people did here before, but when we pulled out uh, pulled out the carpet, there was definitely some uh, lots of uh, dirt and grunge and things behind it. So we had, we had carpet in, um, we had carpet in the bedroom on the floor, part of the floor, uh, in both slides. And, um, I think that was it. The three places we had, the rest was linoleum. So we decided to pull up all that carpet. Uh, when we did, it was, uh, in the front bedroom. When we pulled it up, it was just linoleum underneath. And the difference in color of the two linoleums was uh, was very telling on how much wear and tear the floors get in here. But when we pulled up the carpet in the slides, uh, it was just plywood underneath. And plywood, basically just plywood between the outside and, and us. Um, we went back and forth on a bunch of different things we were gonna we were gonna think about installing. Man, watch tons and tons of videos, and so we went with a um, uh, click-in-place hardwood flooring, uh, the vinyl plank hardwood flooring, kind of that you you click in place, floating, floating floor, I believe is what it's called, and um, it worked all right. It worked okay. Um, Sealing the 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 end, sealing the nose of it was uh, a challenge. We ended up going with some stair stair nose rail, I think it's called. Stuff so put on the front of an of a of a of a um, of a step when you're doing the floor on that. We use that to kind of to to hook down the edge. It didn't work very well. Uh, as that shifted a little bit, as um, our rolling chairs hit it, as the dogs laid against it, and it kind of loosened it up, pulled it away, uh, it let that floating floor kind of move. Once it once it started to move, it was kind of done. The stuff that I did in Corey's closet, where it's just her closet, and there isn't a whole lot of, um, we're not sitting on it with, like I said, our office chairs or the dogs uh, leaning against the rail, uh, it stayed pretty well. The one that we use a lot that has a lot of activity on it, I gotta change it up. Um, we're not sure what we're gonna do. We might uh, we might just try to stick some uh, stick some linoleum to it or some vinyl squares just to get a, get something over it. But right now we're just dealing with uh, crappy uh, hardwood that's kind of come apart a little bit. Some of the corners have chipped up and. It is what it is. Um, right now, we're not fancy by any means, and, and we're just trying to figure this stuff out. So it is what it is while we deal with it and uh, come up with a new. It isn't the right material. Um, it isn't the right material. I, it, I shouldn't say the right material. It isn't the right um, system. It isn't the, the interlocking with no edge, the floating floor. Uh, traveling, vibrating. I think that's the biggest thing was the the vibrations while we were traveling kind of just, it, it didn't allow that to, to seat in and stay in place. So uh, we're uh, we're exploring other options for right now. It is what it is uh, with our uh, with our big old animals and uh, how hard we are on things with them. It, 
it is what it is right now. And, and we're okay with it. It doesn't look the prettiest, but it is working for what it is. And, um, yeah, that's kind of my list right now. Uh, let me look again. Uh, so we talked about getting all the furniture, uh, the beds, all the built-ins, all of that. We got that out of there. We've realized that that was just a lot of wasted space and a lot of that. Uh, changed out that bathroom vent, put in a whole new power system, uh, solar, and um, and retrofitted what we had in here for power. Uh, installed that composting toilet, got rid of the water waster, regular toilet, and the black tank. Oh, yeah. With that, I forgot to mention, we did combine our black and gray tanks. And that was a huge thing for longevity staying out and not having to go dump. Um, when you're full with either black or gray, when you're running two separate systems, uh, you have to go dump that. You have to go get rid of it. You have to pull the camper somewhere and go go get rid of it. I think we had a, um, I think it was like 25 or 30 gallon black tank and a 15, 20 gallon gray tank. When we didn't need the black tank any longer, um, what I did, I put a, a, it was called a combiner valve on our two feeds uh, or on the two exits, exits, drains. Basically, when the, you wanted to drain the tanks, they came down and they came together into one and you would open them up individually and drain them out. You would drain the black tank and then you would use the, the gray tank to flush out the line. Well, I put a, 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 a combiner valve on the end. Basically, I shut the combiner valve and I open up the gray and the black. And as the gray fills, because of physics, it fills both the tanks at the same time. And then when they both get full, it basically doubled our capacity to hold gray water before we had to leave and go dump it. And gray water, depending on where you're at, you can even uh, trickle it out where you're at into the ground because basically we don't use any chemicals or anything like that so our gray water is pretty 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 safe for sure it's dishes water basically <laughs> and now that we don't shower in the camper it's uh <coughs> it's a um it's even less gray water and less nastiness um we did add the outdoor outdoor shower i guess we did that way way um <laughs> way later kyle's worried about me uh kyle's worried about me using physics this morning oh god oh that's that's some pretty basic stuff guy uh but the composting toilet we combined our gray and black tank so we can hold on water longer uh we installed a wood stove uh we bought uh we installed the internet the cellular internet and then transitioned to starlink uh, and then the flooring situation is something that we're still exploring. We got that uh, done and it needs to be changed. Um, that's kind of about it for uh, the the retrofits we made at the beginning to the camper itself. Um, we've added things. We've taken things away as we've traveled, as we've been on the road for the last year, as we lived in it at home for uh, basically two years as we started retrofitting it and uh, lived in it off and on at the house before we we sold and hit the road. We're changing things. We're coming up with uh, with new ideas. We definitely want to continue to do this. We, we, we will likely end up in, a, in another trailer uh, before we're done with this adventure and have to do this all again. I don't think companies are necessarily making things uh, the way we need them. I think with less dog, we will be able to retrofit less, but I still think there's going to be significant changes we're going to have to make to any camper that we buy. Uh, and it really it really makes you not want to buy a, a, a new one, <laughs> a super expensive one. As I look at uh, as I look at camper listings and things, I just I look at how much I will just have to tear it out. It basically be buying a brand new car and then tearing all the seats out and changing the wheels. And it's like, why didn't I just buy an older vehicle and upgrade it? So that is, uh, that is kind of our MO and, um, Hunter said, I think I missed it. Solar installed in the roof. Yeah, I have four, I have four 330 watt panels, um, attached to the roof. I used, um, basically it was a solar industry version of Unistrut and, um, lockdown clamps. Uh, they were, they're made for, uh, industrial, industrial panel installation for, uh, municipal systems, um, 
also for rooftop systems and extreme weather conditions. And uh, man, yeah, they've worked great. I go up and check them when we travel. I go up and make sure that they didn't uh, come loose. But yeah, the guy that uh, the guy that spec'd it out for me really did a great job on um, on realizing that we'd be going down the highway and the the lift and the drag and everything on the panels. So. It's uh, it's pretty secure. I've been happy with it and uh, haven't had any issues uh, yet so far. The rest of the solar components, I built a cabinet uh, that basically we mounted our um, that that wood stove on one side of it, and then all the solar components are enclosed behind it. So I'll have to get videos of that. When I did the solar install, I did a shitload of videos. I took a week off of work installed the whole system took uh took video of all the stuff and realized at the end that the video turned out like horrible uh i couldn't even use it it uh i couldn't use it with a voiceover it just wasn't showing anything and it was one of the first videos i really tried to do on my own and it didn't work out that well so i really do need to um i really need to go through and make videos of all of the stuff that i was not able to do while we were installing and just at least explain it so yeah, Hunter, the, the the solar panels are up on the roof and the rest of the components are inside. So, uh, Backwood says, parents' camper had a bigger refrigerator than the one we had in our house. That is not the case for me. Our refrigerator is small, for sure. Um, anyway, anyway, yes. Ripped all the stuff out. New ba bathroom vent, solar system, composting toilet. Put in a wood stove. Changed that flooring. Uh, I know I'm missing stuff and I know we did a ton of the truck and I'll have to hit the truck and uh, actually functionality stuff at another episode when we're doing the camping uh, and full-time RV topic days. But anyway, that's kind of about uh, uh, what we did. If you had any questions about that, for sure, reach out. You can find me at thelotsproject.com. You can email me. Uh, you can contact me there. All our socials are there. You can find me anywhere and just shoot me a message. It's uh pretty easy to find me and get a hold of me and um <laughs> kyle says if i take video he can give me a hand and edit it yeah yeah for sure man you can you can do all the editing you want uh other than that uh tomorrow i'm talking coffee tomorrow I'll show up coffee we're going to be talking um fruit to bean did you know the coffee is a fruit do you know that the coffee bean isn't actually a bean do you know how it gets from uh the coffee plant or the coffee tree to, uh, to that roaster and then into your cup? Well, if you would like to find out, you can uh, join me tomorrow. I will run through that process from tree to bean. <coughs> and uh, you'd be surprised. There are a couple different ways and uh, and a little uh, a little insider trivia and information. I got a uh, I got an inside source in, in the coffee world. So always running those coffee episode notes through him, but that will be tomorrow from tree to bean. Uh, the process your coffee takes, and um, <laughs> the process your coffee takes, and uh, and how it gets to you, and that will be tomorrow on uh, the Lots Project podcast. If you'd like to participate in that, you can always join us in the live comments Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find a post about the episode along with links to all my social media, services I offer, and recommended products and companies I'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys. And uh, man, hopefully I get over this little bit of a uh, thing I got going on, sickness or illness or allergies or whatever. And I can be a little more with it tomorrow for our coffee talk. Make it a great Monday, guys. Kick it in the ass. Check it out tonight. Lots to talk about with uh, with um, talking spirit world, talking to a tarot card reader, medium. And uh, that'll be at 6 p.m. tonight on YouTube. Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Join us or catch the audio later. Again, guys, make it a great Monday, and we will catch up with you later.